Welcome to the Main Outdoor Enthusiast Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Mark. So this week we're going to talk about how to find game when there isn't much for game. Or how to find game when the game is scarce. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, we get a lot of scarce game in northern Maine. We do, yeah. Yeah, deer hunting has been that way for quite a few years, yeah. so. And it may be that the bird hunting's that yeah, way. Yeah, we may be able to put that into practice this year. <laughs> this fall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, speaking of bird hunting, we were just up in the woods. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, so we've been, we I don't know how many miles, Paul, we've been in the woods for four or five days, not a lot, but four or five, maybe six days total. Well, if you count up to the lake and stuff, checking trail cams, more than that. More than that. Yeah. And how many birds have we seen? Not a one. Not one bird. Not one bird. Not a so. one. And I was talking to a guy the other day who had done close to 200 miles, like fishing culverts up in the yeah. North Main Woods. Didn't yeah. see a bird. Well, we, we've got, uh, certainly we've got a lot more than 200 miles on, I think, in the woods, because when we were up there fishing, you know, we traveled to Everywhere. and from ponds. Yeah. We were, we were Even, pro- even yesterday, we traveled. We traveled a lot of miles yeah. yesterday, and uh, that's uh, was exactly one week before the season starts. And uh, yeah, not a bird. No, nope. nothing. I mean, no, not a rabbit. Not a moose. Not a deer. Nothing. Didn't see a thing. No, we'll still shoot birds. You're just gonna have to. Yeah, we will get birds. We always do. Yep. We always shoot some birds, but we may work a little harder it's for. It's gonna them. be a little more of a tedious so. approach. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom. But we did run into some pretty nice moose hunters. Yep. From, from Old Town. From Old Town, yeah. Nice guys. But they were up up in northern Maine for the moose hunt. Yeah. And it, the woods were busy. Yeah. It's uh and they were yeah, they were hopping with this moose. This will be certainly a uh a busy week, uh first week of moose season. Yeah. Uh high expectations. People are excited. And, yeah. Well, this yeah. group of, from Old Town though that we were talking about, we were talking about how things have changed with the moose hunt up here as compared mm. to Years passed, and he was kind of laughing. He was saying, years ago, what you would see, you know, if you saw a nice bull, you'd be like, oh, he's like a Thursday. Right. Well, we'll hold off until Thursday. He's like, now nah, we're shooting now, Thursday. Yeah, throwing lead. <laughs> the minute you yeah, see if one. if you see a legal, legal moose, it's probably, probably be a good idea if you took it. Yeah. So. And it sounds like moose yeah. hunting, they've been pretty successful. They said they, three of the past four years. Yeah. They've shot moose. Yeah. So first of all, getting drawn for a moose permit. Very difficult. Is, it's tough in itself. And then, you know, being successful. Right. 75% of the time. Yeah. So that's pretty good. So yeah, we were up in the woods putting up, we put a camper up there in October. Yeah. For the month to bird hunt. Yeah. Out. The kids really like it. I was kind of contemplating this year, not doing it because it's a lot of work. And It is a lot of work we, for you, for you, Paul. Yeah. We deer hunt less up there. Yeah. And. For the amount of time we get to use it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. We but don't the, get a lot of, you don't get a lot of days, especially. And no, but the kids really so, enjoy it. Yeah. And it's kind of been a tradition now. Right. Of like. They look forward to it. Cause know. we'll, we'll go in when I get done work. So it's usually dark. And Lydia is just like, I just can't wait to go in in the dark mm. and look at the stars. Yeah. As we drive in and yeah. she, so she's already reminiscing about past. Yeah. Past uh, bird hunting seasons of us doing that. So they, that, they in get it, their, that in itself is worth it. And, and I was going to, we talk about when years, when game is uh, scarce in certain years, but you know, there's always, you, you just enjoy being out and it's an opportunity to spend time with your family yeah. and friends. And so that in itself, I mean, we all want to be successful and shoot game, 
but that in itself is uh is uh a win worth, just worth to, the trip right just to be with you and get yep. out and we all enjoy being outdoors so yeah so like we were gonna i'm off next wednesday and thursday and we were gonna go up you know i'm like well maybe we'll just go up wednesday morning mm. and she's like no i want to get my pajamas on and yeah and do the whole thing yeah well when tuesday night and yeah like are you sure yeah, you're a good dad deal. because well, after getting out of work, that's a lot of work for yeah, you. Yeah, it is. But you got three kids, that's five people, and a dog. Yeah, and to get everything together for what it, you know, what you L- need. Lacey and, will have everything organized and set to go. Yeah, that's good. That's so, that's good. And I think they'll meet me at work, and then yeah, we'll drive in. That'll work out a lot better, Paul. Yeah. That that way, if yeah. yeah, because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Not a, yeah, for her too. I mean, for the like I say, there's there's five and uh and a dog. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it interesting. Yeah. So one thing before we get too far into it, a little bit of current events. So I don't know if you've heard I kind of mentioned it to you when we were going up to bring the camper, but uh the Federal Department of Fisheries and Wildlife is outlawing or planning to ban lead shot yeah. on all federal wildlife reserves right and you know it's every time you you see something like this you know it's the same old song and dance yeah trying to you know they're squeezing us in every direction one more thing to try to yep increase a barrier to hunters getting involved in the sport and and uh and participating in the sport because you figure you know if you start banning lead shot in one arena and if it expands say into a global or generalized right. band then you're looking at more expensive shot more expensive ammunition yeah increases the the expense to hunt yeah which then increases the barrier to entry because at some point there's going to be people that well it's just not worth my time right they're worth the effort to to yeah. do it and so yeah they say they follow the science but then yeah don't cite the actual science that they're following yeah so and hopefully it stops there or, or doesn't go into effect or whatever. But yeah. you just always worry every time you see, you know, one step closer to making it at least harder and harder right. for people to do it, that you're just going down a slippery slope. Yeah. So something I think, you know, we all need to be aware of. You weren't aware of. No, of I didn't. No. I didn't realize that. And uh, like I say, I don't watch any news or anything, no. but I do, I do read a lot of, outdoor publications and they certainly carry that stuff in some of the yeah. magazines that I read and stuff. So, but I, I didn't notice that. You know, and I, I get caught up when I first read it. I read it a while back. Cause I think it was back in June or whatever that I'd first read about it. And my first inclination is the first thought that pops in my head is like, well, no big deal for me. I hunt private land. Right. I don't hunt any public land. So whatever, it's not going to affect me. But as you sit there and kind of think about it, I'm like, well, if you sit there complacent long enough, yeah, you know, it, and enough, and I'm sure enough people are just like me. They're like, well, it doesn't affect me, so whatever. Yeah, you're you're it. exactly right. Sometimes we do that, and we're, that's complacency, and we say, well, it doesn't affect me, but eventually it will. Yeah. They'll get to the point that it will affect you, and you know, and if we stand by and yeah, let, let it happen, it, then let it happen soon. to somebody else when it happens to us. Pretty soon was biting on our heels yeah. on something that's close yeah. to us. So, yeah, yeah. again, that was, again, my first inclination was like, well, whatever, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't affect me. But I guess indirectly, yeah, it does. eventually, and it eventually will. it will. Yeah, 
So. Yeah, that's the way the world works. Eventually, you know, if you don't stand up for what you think is right and, uh, you know, yeah. it, uh, it'll eventually get to you. So I, I need to be more cognizant of being uh, more active and stuff like mm. that. Instead of just sitting I'm there. guilty of that, Paul. Oh, yeah. Just kind of live my life. and I like to be in my bubble. Yeah. And I like to. And that's to, exactly what I live in. I like to do my thing. And yeah, yeah it's, it, it's definitely not my strong suit mm. to be out and about in the midst of that stuff. Yeah. Especially being an activist or yeah. being, a, being a voice. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so I guess enough of that. Current event news. Junk. Any other current events that are going on? That, uh, oh, there's all kinds, but probably nothing yeah. pertinent to this channel. <laughs> yeah. That I read. Some changes in the fishing laws up here we talked about. We won't get into that, but they, they, we won't. they, yeah. they, they could affect us that, uh, yeah. in a positive way. In a positive way. Yeah, opening which, up more into uh, uh, past what it, uh, yeah. the, when the season used to close, September 30th. So we so. talk about not being able to hunt on Sunday up here, Yeah, but we might as well utilize that day and... Go fish fishing. on Sunday. Yes. So there's been some expansion in the season, yeah. fishing season, of yeah, a few we areas. We won't say when and where, but... No, uh, but we'll probably... Take advantage, take advantage of, of, yeah. of it. Yeah, we should. And it was a tip, actually, from... It, it was funny. A retired biologist, mm -hmm. Arlen Lovewell. Yeah. He had mentioned it to me. And, uh, yeah, when I spoke to you about it... Well, I brought it you up. You actually brought it up. Yeah, and I was and like, said, well, gosh, yeah, Arlen it, was telling yeah. me to talk to you about... Yeah. About this. Yeah, I just, in fact, yeah. it, it wasn't too long ago that I got wind of it, Paul. So I picked up a fishing law book and sure enough, I looked it up yeah. and, and found out what those uh, regs were. And uh, yeah, it's something that we could take advantage of. So yeah, we'll so. do some hunting six days a week and yeah. continue to fish. It's yeah. open right straight through the year. Yeah. Yeah. Li liberal uh, bag limits yeah. and stuff. They want fish removed, so. Yeah, so we'll try it out. Yeah. Maybe get some video of it. Maybe yeah. have some good fish. It would make a good video. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah it might be a little cold. Well, that, that makes November, a good video, too. Sunday. So, yeah. That would be great. Imagine yeah. shooting a deer. Yeah. Then going down, shooting a deer at deer camp, and then yeah, going, going fishing. down Sunday and going fishing. Yeah. Catching some trout or some salmon. Can't keep any trout. No, after September 30th, you got to release the trout, but the salmon, salmon are. Are uh, are legal. So. All right. Well, let's get into the nuts and bolts of the finding game when it's hard to, or finding game when game is scarce. Much, when game is scarce. Yeah. And that's one thing we've dealt a lot with in northern Maine is yes. scarce game. Yes. Especially deer. Yeah. And for me, I'm a person that when it comes to deer hunting up here, we have low deer numbers, still a fair amount of of deer hunters. Yeah. I, I think it's just the way my brain's wired is I try to find the hardest places to access. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just notorious for before I even try to figure out where there's deer or deer numbers, where, where there's fewer people. I'm, I'm usually <laughs> looking at a map trying to figure out where is there. Yeah. Let or the, where is it less likely to find hunters? Yeah. And I don't know. I've just always been like that. I love roads that are blocked off or ditched out. Right. That are long roads that go to nowhere. Yeah. Usually a dead end road that no one else would need to go down for yeah. any, usually it was a road that was to open Mo up access to a harvesting yeah. area. 
What were you going to say? Most deer, I listen to a lot of podcasts and almost all of the deer trackers that I listen to on podcasts, they do the very same thing. Yeah, I just... In the Adirondacks and everywhere, they're not above getting many miles off the road. They, and they'll tell you that in all the years they hunt, they see very few people. Yeah. That's a common thread among deer I've always said... I'd rather hunt in a place with very few deer and no people yeah. than a place with lots of deer yeah. and lots of people. Lots of people. One, yeah. I just, I, I've just never enjoyed hunting around. Yeah. Other, I don't like seeing people when I'm out hunting. Not that I'm antisocial. Yeah. Or I just, I don't want to encroach on, on their hunt. Right. I tend to give people a very wide berth yeah. and want to stay away. And I kind of, you know, just want to be off by myself. Right. And there's nothing, and fishing's the same way, Paul. Yeah. I mean, when we fish, I we don't. I'm not going to fish elbow to elbow no, with people. No, if we know somebody's fishing an area or whatever, we we uh, generally. Like there's some famous places out west I would love to fish that I've read about for yeah. years. Yeah. Like the Henry's Fort. Yeah. Places like that. But I just, I don't want to have to stand on a riverbank. Combat fishing. Taking turns in a pool or. Yeah. Rotating, like elbow yeah. to elbow someone. Yeah. I just, that's just me. Um, yeah. Some people don't mind it. Yeah. You know. But it tends to be where there's, where people know there's deer, there's lots of people. Yeah. And, I, and that's, I mean, that goes without oh, yeah. saying, you yeah. know, that people want to be successful. They're, yeah. they're going to go where the deer are. And uh, so. so I loved, so I, I love roads that are ditched out. Yeah. Especially, so, especially if there's no snow. Say if I'm going to go looking into an area. Right. Wanted, I love it, finding a long road that's ditched out, washed out some sort of barrier, yeah. no reason to go down it. And I'll start there yeah. and go down way down in there. And then I also like, I'll, I remember I'd spend hours looking at maps, trying to find large parcels of land with no roads going into them. Yeah. And I just get curious. Like, it's like, I want to, I want to get right down in the middle of that and see what's there. Sometimes there's nothing there, Yeah. but I can probably guarantee there's not going to be many people yeah. in those areas. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love places where that I can find that are extremely hard to get to yeah. require a lot of work because we're people of convenience. Yeah. But the problem with that up here, Paul, and the problem now is that there's roads everywhere. So there's no large parcels of You're land. Right. You can, you roof. have to hunt very hard for a large parcel yeah, of land. There's no, and I understand exactly what you're saying. And so, like I say, in a place like the Adirondacks, you can do exactly that, but not here because everything is a small parcel. Even in the overall, it's all, you know, wilderness or, or woods, but there's roads everywhere. There's, there's logging roads. Everywhere. Everywhere. So you could walk head into a piece of woods that you think is pretty quiet, devoid of people. And go for half an hour and you're, you could come out on a busy logging road yep. somewhere, you know, and people driving in from a different direction. Yep. And the deer are scarce up here. Yeah. So 100% of the time I'm trying to find kind of the hardest, crappiest places I can get into, keep people out. And when there's snow, it's a different story. Yeah. I mean, it, I could end up hunting anywhere. Yeah. Um, wherever you find the track. Wherever I find a deer track. But, you know, that... W- the harder something is, the more people it weeds out. Right? We're yeah. people of convenience. Yeah. You know, we want things the easiest as possible. Yeah, for sure. Not venture too far off of the road. 
And yeah, there's been a lot of times where I've heard guys say, well, yeah, there was a deer going down in that area, but man, that's a yeah. crap hole down in there. I'm not going down in there. I'll go down in there. Yeah. I don't the, mind. And, and the, and there again, you know, Paul, I think of the deer that you tracked that you shot at last year, it, it probably started out in a, in a crap hole, but it eventually went to across so many drivable roads that oh, yeah. you could see people on. Yep. You'd cross numerous roads well, once you put that deer, you know. Yeah. That, that area we've been hunting, I, I get a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. Because. Is, and these are good roads. Because there's so many roads. And the deer in, in this area in particular, I've noticed, are really prone. They avoid the yep. busier roads. They are yep. so good. I don't know how many deer I've tracked. Where yeah. we've come up within like fifty yards of a road, and they'll parallel the road yeah. and they'll follow it. They but say then you just push them hard in, enough, and they will go across. Oh yeah, yeah. they say just off in the woods until we come to a less passable road yeah. or a less drivable section, yeah. less busier section, and they'll they'll skirt the roads. And I can pretty well predict like that deer I was tracking last year. You know, we do a lot of road work. If we see a deer crossing a road, mm -hmm. we'll go to another road over or another road over. Yeah. Usually we can shorten up the track big time. Right. You don't want to be on a dead loop. But so. this, one of the deer last year, he was headed into a pretty large piece of land. And the next road over was like the main logging road. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm pretty certain he, he he's, he's not going across yeah. that. So I'm pretty sure we drove in on the road that was off to my left going into this parcel land. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty certain he's either in here or he's already gone, but he's not going to go down across, yeah, across that busy road. Not unless I'm something, something's pushing him or something right. like that. And he didn't, he went down in there and then I'd end up, I caught him yeah, about three quarters away across that parcel of land. And then he still, when I was on him, he wouldn't go out across the, right. He, he went right, right down to it. Yeah. And he got about a hundred yards from it and we hit some skid trails where you could see that main road, but he veered right back right. around and went right back up where he came from. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's the other thing. So there's no snow, say this year, not a lot of deer. When I'm tracking a deer the year before, they bring you into all kinds of new places. Oh yeah. That you end up with a list the following yep. year. You follow it away. Of all kinds of places you want to check out. Yeah. And we did it. We put a, camera in a new spot this year yeah because it was where i chased this buck down across and kind of a mm. bunch of deer had funneled into the spot and we actually went up there was it two weeks ago now a couple weeks ago and there's an old scrape yeah and and i and the deer are using it this year and i tracked him right down across it and they didn't know about yeah. it until last so, year so what it was that there was some does down in next to the lake yep and they were bringing those bucks off that ridge. They'd make their their circuit yep. to where those does were, check them out, and then. And so, yeah, definitely. And now we know there's deer in there again this year. Yep. So it's definitely a good place to put uh, a camera up, kind to, of just play around to with hunt. That. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I'll definitely I've, spend some time in yeah, there. Yeah, and then I got a couple other places that I tracked deer yeah. into that I came into a pretty good pocket of deer where yeah. deer were spending a lot of time. And I'm, I, when I was tracking them last year, I was thinking, boys, next year I'm going to tuck yeah. a camera down in here somewhere and just yeah. kind of poke around. And if we don't have snow, there was a nice little stream. It was yeah. good walking along there. And I'm like, no snow. I come down here and just kind of poke around. Still hunt. Yeah. 
and uh, see what's up until, you know, early season yeah. until we get some snow. Um, so tracking a deer, it, it can show you a lot. Oh, definitely. It'll teach it. You'll find, you're yeah. not going to randomly walk out into yeah. the woods yeah. and find a lot of these spots, no. but you chase a deer for a day or two. They are. He'll, he'll reveal all of his little secrets. And, his right. Little, and they're, they're going in places that uh, they travel on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Or where there's other deer that, you know, that. I'd, that hang out there. So I don't know how many deer that I've tracked where I'm I'm on a buck's track and I can see where he has been, like say three days, yep. three days prior. Yeah, see his old couple tracks. days prior. And I'm like, he's got kind of a kind yeah. of a loop that he's doing. Yep. And he's kind of hang out in the same area, checking the same yep. pockets of deer. And so yeah, you catalog those back in the back of your head. You got all kinds of little cards yep. in your back pocket to go check out when there's no yep. snow, not a lot of deer. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's a couple other spots that I'm looking forward to this, yep. this fall to checking out and trying to think of when a time we can get up, check those cameras. It's been a couple of weeks now. Well, certainly during bird season, we'll, yeah. I'll have plenty of time next week to, uh, bird season starts Saturday, today, Sunday. So the, in about a week. And after that, I hope to spend a lot of time up there and yeah. And there again, you know, if there's not a lot of birds, I just, it'll be a good opportunity to get out and, uh, and uh, scout for deer, you know, it's, yeah. al it's always, uh, enjoyable that, uh, I enjoy being out. So, and, it, and just, uh, even if I just carry the gun and, uh, you know, enjoy a good walk or whatever and yeah. looking for sign, looking for deer sign. You know, and I know a lot of people are pretty analytical about prepping for deer season or you know, going through maps right, and, you know, hunting terrain features and all this stuff. And, and that's fine to each their own. I'm kind of, my approach to deer hunting is a little bit different just because I feel like I'm, I spend every day being analytical mm. with stuff, with my job and whatnot, that it's mm. kind of a breather to just kind of let things happen right organically. Yeah. And I mean, do your homework and try to make the you know the best decisions possible but i just don't feel to go over maps and stuff for hours on end yeah trying to figure out you know where I... predicting deer behavior and some people spend go to the extensive lengths yeah i don't know if that would even work up here paul because i think I'm a, a believer the, it wouldn't but... i think a lot of those people are dealing with uh with mountains and yeah. stuff and saddles and, and we don't have that. Natural barriers. Yeah. And stuff like we that. We don't have any of that. It, we just know where deer have spent time before and uh, that's generally where yeah. we're going to, you know. And I think it's easy for people in areas like this where we hunt is they read all the books and stuff mm. that are telling it, you know, how to find where deer are being funneled, where they travel. Yeah bedding areas, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And it just isn't applicable nope. up here. I have never in, up here looked at a map to try to figure out where deer might be. No. I look at maps all the time because I know where deer have been in the past and where I might want to hunt. And it'll give me an idea of certain features, maybe ponds and brooks and rivers and lakes and but I've never looked at a map to say, oh, this is a logical place that, yeah. you know, where I'm going to find deer. Yeah. I've never, never done that. No. And I, I, I don't, and after doing, you know, 
it's not something I think I've overlooked or missed out on because I've never found deer where I could look at a map and say, well, that makes sense that they would be there. Yeah. I and feel like not once. No, I feel like I can look at a map and just be like, there's a deer there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah. It can be pretty random. Yeah. We, we know there's, where deer have been in the past and then I go over maps. I might want to see where trails and roads and stuff are to, to, to plan a hunt yeah. in that area, how I could approach it or whatever, but I've never, never looked at a map and said to, to try to find where a deer might, might be. No. Not once. No. And our terrain isn't such that I don't think it lends to that because we don't, like I say, I think a lot of these people are looking at saddles and big mountains and yep. stuff and we yeah. don't have that. We don't. So it can be so. very, and as a kid, I can remember reading those books and even as a kid, I was kind of, I don't want to say confused, but it just didn't make sense to me because I'm going up with you guys hunting in big woods yeah. and I, I can remember reading off, these guys were probably authors from, I don't know. Illinois, Ohio, places like that. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, bedding areas and yeah. feeding areas. And I just remember like, oh, that doesn't. Yeah. They're hunting, they're the hunting heck? small parcels, yeah. ag land and stuff. When and you're 12 years old, you don't, Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to tease all that stuff out. And no. you're thinking, you know, I've said this before, you're reading it and thinking, well, this is the, yeah. the Not expert. where we hunt. Not the no, way we as hunt. you yeah, as you get a little more experienced and yeah, you just kind of do what works for you and and move on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when it comes to to deer hunting, anyway, and bird hunting. So like this year, it's. I mean, I don't want to predict it's going to be slow, but it's looking like it's not. Yeah, be all indicating everything we've it, heard. We haven't yeah. heard one one positive report about the bird. So I'm a big believer in hard work. Yeah. Even in life in general. Yeah. It, it'll lend itself. Yeah. It'll give you so an upper hand. Yeah. On so many things if you work hard. So bird hunting. So birds are probably going to be scarce. Right. A lot of people in Maine like to drive. ride the roads. Yeah. Ride, drive their vehicles around. And in a good year, it's really successful because you get a lot yeah. of juveniles. Yeah. That are just dispersing. They're all along. Yeah. A lot of the roadways and stuff. And it can be pretty easy to shoot pick, a limit of birds. Shoot yeah. a limit of birds and yeah. no time at all. But this is probably a year where you're gonna have to put some miles on. Yeah. And I like to hunt that way anyway. Yeah. I like to get out yeah. and walk and I like to there again you eliminate, you know, seeing other people. So I look for and I when we were driving yeah. up, I kept saying to you, like, oh, a lot of good a lot of good roads to walk down. You can't drive them. Right. They make easy walking. Yeah. Like a lot of good roads to walk. Yeah. And that's exactly how I like to hunt. And, uh, yeah. And we're capable of doing yeah. it and, uh, and, and enjoy doing it. Yeah. It's not a, it's not an effort for us to, to walk no, we'll, five I or mean, six miles or whatever. We'll shoot birds going from point A to point B. Yeah. No problem at all. Yeah. But yeah, get out. And, so this is a year. And I do use, now I do use a map for that. I get maps out all the time and try to find roads that, you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. That I do that all the time that I might find birds on where people can't drive. I, yeah. I do that all the time. And whether there's birds on there or not, it's a shot and you just got to walk it out and find, you know, and that'll tell you, you know, if they're there or not. Yeah. So. 
And it's fun. You find a lot of things. You see a lot of things that you don't normally yeah. see. It makes yeah. me think back of, God, I was a little kid. Remember that fox? When yeah, I was that a was a, kid? yeah, that was a great story. There great was a experience. I wasn't old enough. I must've been five or six. You were, you were under 10 Maybe. for sure. Probably, yeah, six and six. I was, I was little. Yeah. And I can remember just blips of it here and there, but we'd walk down a road. Yeah. And you shot a bird off the bank. Yeah. I had, we had one bird with us. And we got to the end of the road, right? Yeah. A teed. Yeah. It came to a new road yeah. that they just caught. It was a fairly new road. We were on an old walking road and we came to a new road and we ran into that fox. And he was a young one, right? He he must have been young. I, he he must have been a pop. Did he, did he pick up the birch bark first or was it you? I can't remember. I know we, he get out on that road and he was just like a dog. He would run down past us, grab a piece of bark, birch bark off the road and then come running. But like he was playing. Going back and forth. Going back and forth. Just like a dog. Where you I take a dog was, out in the backyard and they would run back, you know, all right, right full of vim and vigor. I remember I was nervous at first. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was the neatest thing. And so he, we played around with him there for a little yeah. bit. Then he followed us. We started back for the truck and he followed us. Yeah. So I was walking and you were behind me. And if I looked behind you, the little fox was walking right behind you, just like a dog, yeah. just like he was a pet dog. And I don't know if you remember this, that uh, I took the wings off yeah. the bird. And I, and the fox, he took him right out of my hand. I gave him the wings and he took them. And then, uh, we were walking back and he just wandered off. And that was, uh. Well, I think he left where you shot the bird. Oh, did he? Yeah, probably. I remember and he I, just peeled off somewhere. I can remember there. you probably saying. probably was it. I remember you saying. Yeah. And maybe even later that day or that evening, you were you telling some story. It. Yeah. That he left us right where you shot the bird. Yeah. So probably got wind of. But the, but that, that that fox was no different than a pet puppy. Nope. he was no different than. So a you pet. don't see that stuff in nope. the seat of a pickup. Nope. that you was know, the you neatest see a thing. Of cool, a lot of cool yeah. stuff. So we kind of we touched on like hard work. Yeah, and that's something that will really separate you from from others if you're willing to put in the yeah. the time and the energy, even if there's not a lot of birds yeah. or deer. Yeah, um, I saw it in. I see, you see it in so many aspects of your life. I saw it in school. Yeah. I spent a fair number of years in school, more than I, my fair share. <laughs> more than I'd yeah. like to say out loud. And uh, you saw a lot of really brilliant people fail out. Yeah. Because of, yeah. they just didn't apply themselves. Yeah. Uh, brilliant's a pretty strong word. Maybe capable. No, there was some smart people. There yeah. was some really, really yeah. like naturally just, yeah. they were. Well, it's 90% perspiration they, anyway, Paul. They were life, smart. Well, uh, when you get into really hard stuff, yeah, there's no just showing up at that point. Yeah. You have to apply yourself yeah. no matter how smart you are. And yeah, I follow some Navy SEALs and that's a big thing in Navy SEALs. Yeah. Yeah. It, Difficulty weeds out the week. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, really it sure quick. Does. And yeah. these, yeah. a lot of those programs know that. Yeah, they, that's they, what they're there for. Oh, they can get to the. That's yeah. what they're there for. They're yeah. they're there to weed out the. Yeah, yeah for sure. So one thing that we've yeah. all heard about is I'm sure you've heard about the ten thousand hour rule. Yeah, and yeah. there's there is a, I mean there's a ring of truth to it. Yeah, 
and I think the most applicable part, and I've thought about this over the past few years quite a bit, is it can, it'll, so you, basically the rule is to be an expert in your field or anything skill, you have to have at least 10,000 right. hours of practice, yeah. of quality practice, and to be an expert. Yeah. So they say. Um, where the 10,000 hour rule applies, I believe, like ubiquitously amongst everything, is it definitely will make you better. Right. Right. You can basically, you can guarantee, I, I think you could guarantee you'll be better than average. Right. At whatever it is. Is it going to make you like, one of the greats in whatever field right. it is, I, I think it, it's given too much uh, credit. Right. There's got to be some talent involved. So that, uh, I really yeah. think where that 10,000 hour rule applies mm. is to really be like, let's say the top 1%, the yeah. 99th percentile and something like the best of the yeah. best is when we all have natural talents and abilities. Right. Right. Natural gifts. Right. But we all have something we can do better naturally than others. And if you don't think you do, you do, you just haven't figured out what it is. What it is. Yeah. And when you apply that 10,000 hour rule to something that you can just naturally do better than that, basically that, that can put you in the, in the 1%, right. The 99th percentile. Yeah. And so let's say, you know, let's say deer hunting or, or any shooting, any of that stuff. If you apply yourself yeah. You can become way better than average. You may not be the best yeah. at it that's ever lived. Yeah. But you can definitely you'll benefit. Yeah. You'll never go backwards. So in other words, like I always think, let's say if your average of, of doing something is like a five, and let's say, you know, you're like a two and you really bust your butt, practice, mm-hmm. work hard at it, maybe you can get to be a seven. Yeah. Or something like that. But that same skill set, you may f- Maybe a person that, say, on average is like a five right. or a six. That person applies himself. Yeah. He'd be like a 9.9. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so, yeah, the guys that put in the time and the hard work can really separate themselves from, yeah. from even someone who's mediocre. Right. They can, yeah. you don't have to have some God-given no. talent to be there's successful been, at anything. There's been plenty of people that would tell you, great baseball players and stuff that just said that they, they worked at harder at it than the next guy. They yeah. may, they knew they weren't the most talented, but nope. they, but they knew that if they worked hard at it and they had a passion and that's so important in order to spend 10,000 hours doing something, you would hope you had a passion to do it. That's it. it getting you, those you, two to match up. Yeah. You got to have a, you got to want to do it. You got to, you got to like it and really have a passion for it or you're not going to spend the 10,000. It'll be, It'll be miserable doing no. it unless you really have a passion for it. No. Whether it's playing a sport or playing an instrument or, or I think it was, I don't know anything. Was Mike Tyson that said this or whatever, but he, someone, they're talking about discipline. And he was like, basically, it's doing something hate like you absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I've seen it my entire life. People that yeah. that had natural talents and ability yeah. just wasted because they sidetracked with other things yeah didn't apply themselves and on the yeah. flip side people that were marginal at yeah. best they could excel like at really it. excelled yeah in some things yeah just because man they yeah would put their nose to the grind 
and just pounded out. Yeah. And they were committed. Like, they're like, no, I can do this. I can figure this out. And yeah. Determination is a big man. thing in life. Now there's sure. going to be limitations, right? Like, I mean, you're not going to have Shaquille O'Neal being a ultra marathoner. Nope. Or something or, like that. So genetically, physically, right. Just you're not. exactly right. He wasn't. He could be probably be a good yeah. marathoner or yeah. a mediocre marathoner. Yeah. Could do one, you know, back in his yeah. younger years. But yeah. what is he, seven? Well, you're right, though. You don't see many seven footers doing no. marathons. Seven feet tall. You don't see that very often. He's not, you know, someone like that yeah. is going to be limited by their physical structure. And, right. And so there's a lot right. of their genetics. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of influences on it. But yeah. He could learn how to do it. Yeah. And yeah. I guess be successful, maybe not in the right. elite, but yeah. You know, so I, I think anyone, and it applies like, like I said, everything in, in life and deer hunting and bird hunting and all that stuff. Yeah. The, the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. You yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. You're willing to yeah. kind of work through the pain and discomfort. Yeah. I used to, I can remember there was, there's a certain amount of people, the population that they would tell you that deer hunting was all luck. Yeah, I know. And um, there is, you you don't want to get in an argument with them. You let them believe what they want to believe. But let me tell you, your luck will be proportionate to the effort that you put into something. These people that aren't, that are successful every year. Shooting deer. It's not by accident. They're not lucky no. every, this is, they're committed to it. Yep. And like I say, their, their success is proportionate to the effort that they put into it. Yep. But I know a number of people who have said, and I just shook my head, man, you have no idea no. why these people are successful deer hunting. They don't go out there thinking they're going to be lucky every no. year because you're not going to be. No. No. You're, you're not, not going to be. I mean, there is, there are factors you can control. Yeah. And one of the most controlling factors with it is hard work. It's time. You can control. Right. Put the time in. You can't control where the deer is going to be or, or right. where you're going to catch them all the time and stuff like yeah. that. But spend 90% of the time where the deer are. Yep. You want to be, you want to spend, that's just a good use of your time. If you're going to put in the time, you're going to want to spend 90% of your time yep. where, where there might be a deer, you know, that yep. uh, you don't want to be spending time where there's no deer or whatever that. No, uh, or in bed. Yeah. Or at home having yeah. lunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I, and like I say, I intelligent people would tell me that, that uh, deer hunting was, and they said it, all luck. No. Being in the right place at the right time. No. Well, you got to be in that place. Yeah. The longer the, the amount of time you spend in that place, your odds are going up. Yeah. And I like, always, I've always liked Hal, Hal Blood's little analogy, two points connecting. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. But you can increase the odds of those two points. Spending time in there. Drastically. Spending time in there. If you spend enough time in there, the odds of those two point connecting is Are is, pretty darn good. Is gonna be about a hundred percent eventually. Yep. You will get a shot. Yep. If you work hard enough. Yep. So sometimes yep. it happens in five minutes and sometimes it happens, it happens in, in three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I will say the hard work part sometimes can be a double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like if things aren't happening for me, yeah, or I'm, you know, things just aren't work working out. Work harder. Then go harder and harder and harder, yeah. and then you can kind of, right, 
Yeah, it becomes counterproductive. Not, not let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make it happen yeah. instead of letting it happen. Because you're not going to outwork uh, a deer. No. And I've, I've been there before. Like, I'll just... Outwork them. Yeah. Yeah. No, if they're... Yeah. If they're moving... Yeah. No, it doesn't matter how fast you run. Yeah. You're not going to catch them no. through the woods. Something's going to stop them or... No. They got to slow down. Well, I can guarantee you, I don't days. know about, I can't speak to every person on the face of the planet, but they're in far better shape than I am. Oh, yeah. I'm not out walking a deer. It's so. amazing when you really push one, how easy they just yeah, they can, can put go. some miles on. Yeah, that's their life. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, they're an amazing animal. Like I say, that uh, we talk about finding game and stuff. And some years, you know, you, you, like I say, it may be a year where we don't shoot a lot of birds, but we'll enjoy the time anyway. It's yep. a good good opportunity to uh, spend time with your family, your kids and your wife and uh, and maybe some friends, you know, different people. And so yep. there's always, there's always a, a plus you can get out of it. I love spending time. And as you get older, you know, the success part of it doesn't mean as much as the participating part, you know. Yep. Enjoying the the uh, the time of field and time with friends and family means more to uh, as we get older than, uh, no, than we're we, not when we were younger and wanted to fill our bag limit and stuff. Yeah. So we're not hunting for complete sustenance. No, although we really we really enjoy, enjoy it. it, really value and, it, and utilize it. I'm eating partridge stew right now from yeah. last year. As yeah, uh, we, awesome. we get a, we get a, a pot of it in the fridge. I've had it twice this week, yeah. uh, Parker stew. So I'm still an enjoy, enjoying the uh, f- fruits of last year's labor. Yep. You know, we talked about that on the way in. We mentioned, you know, back in the day, I don't think it was really necessary to hire a guide mm. to moose hunt. Absolutely not. But if nowadays, if you're not from the area and not a hunt, like an avid hunter in these yep. areas, spend a lot of time here. Yeah. Then it probably is in your best interest. If you're going to invest some money in a moose hunt, go the extra. I agree with you hundred percent and get a guide. Yeah. Because today you would, it would be a good, and not only to find it, but like I say, to get it out of the yeah. woods because it, there's it's not gonna a lot make of the whole experience, yeah. increase your chances of being successful yeah. and then make the whole experience. Yeah, much better. Yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent. If I if uh, you were free, even people in state now are doing it. Yeah, you know, they, twenty thirty years ago, you know, it was pretty. Yeah. I don't want to say, but it was easy. It was a slam dunk. You just showed up. You just showed up. You're going to get a moose if you if you put in a few days. You were going to get. I a can moose. remember people not getting one by Wednesday and being discouraged. Yeah, I've I've seen people leave like on I, Wednesday after you know after Wednesday not having shot one and that's hunting a big game animal. And being discouraged after three days yeah. of not and getting the, one. And the success rate back then was in the 90 percentile yeah. type of deal. I don't know. The only, the few percent of people that didn't get a moose, they probably didn't, you know, they somebody got sick or died yeah. and they didn't come on the hunt. Yeah, back then it. there was no transferring, you know, it was, uh, no. so, you know, it was just people who, who didn't show up probably. Do it. Because anybody that showed up and put any effort into it at all, and you didn't have to put a lot of effort in. You just get in the vehicle and no, and uh, yeah, the chance, the odds of you being successful were really close to a hundred percent. Yep. We didn't worry about it. I think mom even this was probably twenty years ago. Now when mom shot that decent bull, yeah, that was like what seven thirty. Yeah, morning? first morning. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was uh, actually 2009, Paul. So it was 14 years ago. Okay. 14 yep. years ago, 2009. That's when it was starting to get a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it was, uh, yeah. You weren't, because I remember you having a talk with her saying, you know, we're probably going to have to put a little bit of time in. Yeah. We're probably. <laughs> yeah, it was starting to get a little harder there. It wasn't like the 90s and stuff and uh, the early 2000s. It had started to, but we're in a, and we're in a totally different place yeah. now. Yeah, that. oh yeah, we are. Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't see any moose when I'm up there. Nope. Nope. We, we spend a lot of time in the woods, bird hunting and deer hunting and stuff. And the amount of moose we see, and usually if we run into a moose ball, like we did last year, it's off the road. Yeah. Tracking a deer, we'll yep. run into them. But seeing them from the roads now. I, I mean, I think it's twofold. They've been hunted long enough now. There's probably some behavior changes. Yeah. And then Absolutely. obviously drop in population. Absolutely. You know, yep, they, for sure. And the cuts aren't there like they used to be. The yeah, no. the, the openings and stuff. A lot of that's grown up, so the visibility isn't. There's a, there's a yeah, definitely a, at least a three part factor to that. And you yeah. you're absolutely right. There, there is they have changed their habits. They are much more road shy and car shy and people shy than they used to be. There's fewer of them. Yeah. And we don't like I say you don't have the the long distance view of the landscape that you did. 20, oh, the big, the 30 years ago. that used to be yeah. present along the roads. Yeah. Made it easy to spot them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Next Saturday, you'll be bird hunting. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I remember last year, Paul, the first day of the bird season. It's early to. I, I drove in the woods and it was moose season. And after I, after I went about a mile and ran into like six or seven vehicles, I turned around and came out. I Had said enough. that I'm waiting for, uh, that was Monday. That was way too busy, way too yeah. many people for, and I suspect it'll be like that this opening day. Yeah. Cause when we were up in the woods yesterday, well, maybe not so much because the opening day of bird season now is the last day of moose season. So maybe a few moose hunters That's will be going. Point. Yeah. It may and what and what are left will probably be gone because they're discouraged, you yeah. know, the ones that haven't filled their tags. So it may be, although it is on a Saturday and people, you know, are off work. Yeah. So. so I gotta yeah. I gotta hunt the first day, but I'm right I gotta work the first day, but I'm not overly yeah. bummed. Yeah. Cause there, I, I'll go Wednesday yeah. of and that week. There's another thing that comes into play there too, Paul, that may keep the numbers down. Everybody knows the same information that we know that it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of birds. No. With gas hovering around $4 a gallon, yeah. going to be a lot of people that say, yeah, you know what? Nah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm going to spend a hundred bucks in fuel to Yeah, to go for a, a ride in the woods. Yeah, if that. Yeah. So that, that may thin out. You know how that works. Yeah. If people don't think they're going to. If they if there was reports of a lot of birds, you know that you're going to see a lot more hunters. And if the yep. and like I say, it's common knowledge that uh, that could uh, be a rough year. So. It could be a rough year. Yeah. So that'll that'll discourage some people right off the bat. Yeah. So maybe me. <laughs> no. Maybe I I'll say I won't. Well, I'll I, go, but I, I may so. I may wait until the leaves fall or something yeah. until uh, till I really devote a lot of time to it. That's another thing too. Yeah. Bird hunting this early in the year, all the, yeah. all the greenery. Yeah. Gosh, I remember, I think it was last year I came into a bunch of birds and I'd shot a couple of them. And then there was a bunch more that went into like, it was 
They're like raspberry bushes oh, yeah. and stuff. All those little can't, uh, you can't see anything right they now. They're right in there running around. I for the life of yeah. me couldn't. And yeah. I'm walking through yeah. there trying. I'm like, they're right here. It I can hear them. Changes a lot in a few weeks. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah. gosh, in two weeks I'd be able to see right through. Yeah. It was all like these little maple saplings yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I was like, God, a couple of weeks, yeah. And, and and I'm a guy that likes to see birds off the road, so you can't do that that no. first day. As you're not going to see anywhere off the road the first day, and no, it's a whole different it's a whole different hunt early yeah. compared to after the leaves have fallen. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'll be fun anyway. Yeah. Can't wait to get out. And so yeah, anything else? Uh, well, the only, yeah, we, we've, uh, seems like every podcast we've, uh, complained about the weather and we have had, since the last podcast, we've had a lot more rain and the water is probably at historic levels for this time um, of year, but we got a beautiful stretch of weather coming. We this do. Week. I don't full, see rain in the forecast. Full on sunshine yeah. and no rain for the, for the, yeah, for the long range yeah. forecast. So yeah, take advantage. I'm going to take advantage of it. Heck get yeah. out and maybe stack a little wood or yeah. something and. Yeah. That's another thing. I'm trying to get caught up on my chores. Yeah, same here. Before That's hunting season, so I have to worry I've, about it. Haven't put my wood in because it's been so wet. Yeah. And now it's drying out. I'll be able to put that away. Maybe get a little more wood from a, a distributor. And yeah. Do some work. Get some work done. Yeah. Put the fishing stuff away. The dock and the and the summer camp stuff. Yeah. Get ready for for hunting season. So, all right. Well, good luck to everyone next week. That's going to be out bird hunting and hopefully everyone that's moose hunting has a good yeah, moose yeah. Hunting week, safe moose hunting yeah. week. I was talking to a, to a lady I know, her husband, Danny is, uh, he's up at St. Freud at their camp and, uh, yeah, they got a group there. Yes. So today's good, Sunday. So there's a good, lot of excited good people. Good luck to Danny. A lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of excited people with high expectations. Yeah. yeah. I would certainly like to be one of them. I know you say, but I, that yeah, it's always that, that anticipation the yeah. night before. I can see us at camp right now, Paul, planning everything yeah, out, having a nice supper and yeah. stuff, and yeah, so, getting getting our gear together, and yeah, that's that's all part of it. That's all the, yeah. the fun part of it. A lot for of me people anyway. are doing that today. Yeah, so I'm envious of that. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, so alrighty. Yeah, I guess that just about covers it. Yeah, that's. I guess that was what, episode episode fifteen. Yeah, I I knew it was over yeah. thirteen. I didn't know yeah. what number it was. So, yeah. all right. Well, until next time, get outside. It's good for the soul. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>